Hey guys, scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and check out some of the sponsors that we have for this episode. Uh, if you're looking for an all-in-one cloud-based dental software, go with Carestech. They're giving you guys an exclusive offer and you can check that out in the show notes below. Or if you need a fully digital US-based dental lab, then go with Dandy. They sponsor this episode too and they're giving you guys a free three-shape trio scanner and $250 in lab credit. Or if you are looking for phone services, right? Maybe you're looking for phones, a phone system, or a VoIP service, then Mango Voice is giving startups completely free services. Or if you're an up and running practice already looking to switch phone providers, then they're giving you up to three months of free service completely free. So you can go in the show notes below and check that out. All you gotta do is just scroll all the way to the very bottom of the show notes and check out the deals that they got going on just for you. And guys, that's a fantastic way to support the podcast is by checking out the sponsors, scheduling a free demo, or if you like what you see with them, then you can sign up to their services. Just use the links in the show notes below, or if you want, just mention the Dental Marketer podcast uh, when you're talking to them and they'll give you the exclusive deal. All right, let's get into this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and in this episode, I am speaking with Dr. Brandon Pryor. Opening an office is one thing because it's me. When you're doing these types of large case treatment for these patients, it's you're delivering the case, but you're working on somebody who's paying a lot of money who has to live with this in their mouth for essentially the rest of their life, right? So that's where my anxiety comes from and stuff like this is being responsible for them and not wanting to let them down or disappoint them in any way. I want them to be super happy with the results and I want everything to go perfectly. But you know, in cases this complex, things can and do go wrong. So kind of setting that expectations out front with the patients, you know, having the conversations about what things can go wrong. The case we were just talking about, I mean, I had to tell the guy, you know, sometimes these implants don't integrate properly when you're doing the surgery. And maybe we don't have the ability to screw retain a temporary day of surgery, you know, and you might have to go into like a traditional type of denture as we wait for these implants to fully integrate. Now, Brandon Pryor's been on the podcast before when we did the Breakaway series. Really awesome guy. And he is owner of 100 West Dental. Um, and look him up, right? Go in the show notes below, look at his website, look at everything he's got going on. Amazing brand. And that's what we kind of talk about at the beginning is how branding has so much to do with your new patients, your marketing, your practice, how you want to practice and so much more. That is going to get you to where you want to get. It's maybe not a fast track, but it will get you to where you want to get as far as the type of place you want to create for yourself because this is where you work, right? So we discuss his startup process. We also talk about his life, the struggles he's going through, how he worked with a practice coach. We also talk about stuff that you see maybe in Facebook groups, dental town, things like that. Maybe some false sayings and teachings, right? He gives us some advice on things to look out for. Uh, we also talk about what he's currently doing for marketing and advertising um, and some of the best companies he's worked with and some of the worst companies he's worked with. And he gives us an update on his practice right now and how much production and collection he's currently uh, bringing in and so forth. So, guys, without further delay, here is the amazing Dr. Brandon Pryor. Brandon, man, what's up, man? How's it going? 
It's going pretty well, Michael. How about yourself? I'm glad you got my email that we're both going to be wearing army green shirts. Green, green. That's kind of my color. It matches my eyes. I didn't really like green before, but uh, I've come around to it a little bit. That's your favorite color? It's not my favorite color, but apparently it looks good on me is what I've heard. So uh-huh. brings out the eyes. But yeah, it's good on you too, bro. It's our, it's our new color now. It's our new color. Bring new. it to Napa. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, you going? Yeah, I'll be there. It's like mid-November, something like that. Yeah, I want to say like the week before the 24th, the 25th or something like that, right? I think that's, yeah, that's about right. I got it all blocked off and everything. Uh, I'm excited, man. I've, not, I've, I've been to Cali for like a weekend when I was a kid, but that's it. I went to San Diego, but um, I haven't really done California other than that. So like really northern forward to Napa, yeah. Nice. Are you bringing your team or anything or no? No, man, that's quite an expensive trip to bring the whole squad. <laughs> yeah. I bought the spouse ticket though, so I'll have a companion there, so. Yeah, because it's like, you know, wine and, you know, it is, it's it, Napa. I mean, yeah. I can't, you know, get away without that one. It's going to be nice, man. It's going to be nice. I know like the itinerary is going to be coming out pretty soon, full thing and everything like that. So we're excited to share that with everybody, but excited to see you guys out there, man. You too, man. It's been a while. I don't remember the last time I saw you, maybe like a Voices of Dentistry or something. Yeah, it was Voices of Dentistry. Voices of Dentistry. Yeah. And it's been a, it's been a minute. Since then, Brandon has opened up his fifth practice. How's that coming along? How, how, how are things coming along so far with your practice? It's been how long since day one? So we started literally, I think it was June 1st, 2020. Man. So, so like just coming out of like the middle of COVID, like we were just, I'm pretty sure the first week that they lifted all of the restrictions in my city, at least, um, is the day we opened. So the week before that, you weren't allowed to have people in, you know, your building. Yeah. So I think we lucked out on the timing um, and we didn't have a lot of delays from COVID. I mean, maybe a couple of weeks as far as construction, but yeah, man, we've come a long way since then. So since then, right now you are, I know we were talking a little bit before it, you were saying that it used to be a goal, right? Like, yeah, I want to own multiple practices. Now it's yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, I think in dental school, um, starting to listen to all the podcasts and all that stuff and hearing other people doing it, knowing all the possibilities and that I'm kind of a go-getter. So at the time I'm thinking eventually it'd be cool to open multiple practices or whatever or acquire either way. But, you know, as I've gotten into this one and, and seeing how much work it is and to be honest, how stressful it is and how, you know, you can quickly lose control of your mental health in the midst of it. So I've been more trying to find a balance between my personal life into practice at this point. And I think just taking on more really would just kind of require a lot of, you know, my focus and energy, which at the time I have two small children and, you know, trying to spend time with them and not miss all the fun years, you know? Yeah. When did it hit you, Brandon, where you're like, oh man, my, my mental health, like when did it click? <laughs> Probably like after the honeymoon phase of opening a practice was over, which really didn't take that long. Like to... <laughs> I mean, you get busy, which is great, but at the same time, it just becomes, you know, more stressful. You have all these decisions to make, you know, you're the marketing person, you're the operations person, you're watching all the finances and, you know, you got to talk to your CPAs and all these uh, other things that kind of go with that, you know, staffing. I've been really lucky as far as staffing, you know, and having pretty good stability there, but it's just quite complex being an owner of a business, especially starting one. And, you know, being the go-to person for every single little decision that's to be made, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I would say even like six months after opening, 
especially in like the winter time and things like that, where I'm like getting a little more stress, a little more, you know, depression and anxiety symptoms and things like that, which was all kind of like new feelings for me. Honestly, I've never really experienced that before. So becoming more aware of those things and then try to do the right things to keep me on the right path, you know? Those were new feelings like the depression, anxiety? Yeah, yeah. I've never really been like an anxious person, but you know, it, it started happening and it was kind of new to me and I, you don't really know how to handle it. So you just kind of like say, this is the new normal. And that's just kind of the day-to-day stuff where what I really had to do ultimately was kind of dial back a little bit clinically myself. And I kind of try to boil my, my life down to the basic stuff, like literally just like eating right. You know, that's a big thing. I would skip breakfast a lot. I'm not used to eating breakfast. I wouldn't eat until like 2 p.m. And then I'm like binge eating, feeling like crap the rest of the day. And it just carries through the weeks, you know? And then sometimes you get home and you're like, man, I'm kind of stressed out from the day. I'll have like a drink or two, you know? But like alcohol doesn't really help either. Um, even it's just like little moderation here and there. Just kind of getting back into the gym, you know? Like at least three times a day is kind of where I was starting. Three times a day or a week? Oh, sorry. Three times a week. But jeez, um, man, Brandon, chill out with that. Like, well, I used to be an everyday guy, you know, and like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it was my days were consistent, and I had a time I would go to the gym, and I was probably in the best shape of my life. But after school, life gets busy and kind of fall off that train, right? So, knowing what I know, I know what to do, you know, I know the right things, but doing it after being off for a while is very difficult because I want to go all in. <laughs> um, so I've actually hired like a like a health and nutrition coach. And kind of just got back to the basics and just starting with tracking what I'm eating, you know, every day and then slowly developing these habits again. Because what I would try to do is get back on five or six days a week and go all out. And then I would quickly, two, three days in, it's like not working anymore. Yeah, so, burn out. Yeah, easing myself back into that and eating enough has always been an issue for me. So trying to get some calories in it, protein, especially like in the morning and, and then carrying that throughout the day and just making better choices there. So it took a while, but I, you know, started noticing positive changes just from implementing that, you know, basic stuff. Why do you feel like this started happening? Like, was it because of you weren't where you wanted to be already? Like it's six months in and you're like, oh my gosh, or it's just, you went too fast, too hard. What, why? Honestly, it took off quicker than I thought. So it wasn't like we were behind by any means, Um, especially for, again, like the COVID stuff going on. We came out of the gates pretty well. I think for me, it was just wearing all the hats, kind of like I mentioned before, you know, and having to make every little decision. It's kind of wild though, because you get busy and you're like stressed about that. But then if you show up one day, even now, like Tuesday, we had a lot of rain here and a lot of flooding and we had probably half or more of our hygiene patients canceled. So I had a really empty, slow day and I was like stressed about that. (laughs) But then I just, you know, now I'm just trying to focus on, you know, not carrying that home with me. Do you feel like that that was pretty, that was happening a lot that you carried this stuff home with you? And then at home, because you carried it home, it was issues. And then you're like, well, who do I go to? Who do I go to for this? Yeah, man. It's it's like kind of like a snowball effect, you know? Um, And it's hard. It's hard for me to separate the two things. It's hard for me to go home and just leave everything at work and be who I should be at home. Um. And yeah, that makes things a little tougher. But I mean, I'm also, I started seeing like a therapist uh, every other week. Like when did we start that? Like almost a year ago. So that's kind of helped me try to, one, just navigate some of these things and, and maybe just bring awareness to myself about what the triggers are and 
I've kind of noticed more of like a weekly cycle where I will get stressed and anxious about the week upcoming, let's say on Sunday. So I'll have like anxiety on Sunday night leading into Monday. It'll kind of carry through. But again, when I'm starting to get back to the eating well on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and like I see a lot of positive momentum from the beginning of the week toward the end of the week. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because it was like little, what have you noticed the triggers have been? For me, I'm just kind of one of those people that always thinks ahead and thinks of all the things that could go wrong. So let's say I have like a specific patient that I know I'm going to see on Monday and maybe it's like a really challenging case, maybe just outside of like a slam dunk for me, like a comfort zone thing, where I'm like, this could go this way, this could go wrong this way. And I think of all of the possibilities, right? And I kind of maybe will just get anxious about that. And then when it comes and goes, I look back and I'm like, well, that went as well as it really could have gone. Like, and none of the things I thought might happen even happened because yeah. it's just kind of weird. Um, yeah, certain types of people are just kind of driven that way, I guess. So you feel like you start going down this path or train of thoughts, like where things can go wrong? Yeah, essentially. Because I feel, I feel like, Brandon, that's the thing like a lot of us have, right? Or I don't know, maybe not. I feel like a lot of us may be like, we don't talk about it as much, but like, oh my gosh, everything that's about to go wrong is going to go wrong, right? Don't they say that? Like how much of what we worry about really ever comes true? But I hear that, but it doesn't fix anything. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I'm struggling with. So the first step for me was like grasping the awareness of this reality, knowing that I'm doing it this way or thinking of the things that aren't even going to actually happen. But it's one thing to become aware. And then the next step is like, what do you do about it? It's still hard to not, to tell yourself just to not have those thoughts, you know, that you can't just like shut it off. Yeah. What do you do then? <laughs> That's something I'm trying, I'm just what I'm working on right now, actually. I'm, I try to talk myself down, you know, and I'm not going to say like, this doesn't happen like every week, but like, in the instance it, it does, I just try to tell myself like, man, you've navigated a lot already. You know, we opened the startup through COVID. We've crushed it, man. We've maintained like our, our core staff, 99.9% of our patients love us, you know, and there's just always like that point one that sticks in your mind. You know, you have maybe one bad experience in two years for a patient and maybe you didn't do something the right way, but that's the stuff that you carry in the back of your mind. But for some reason, we're always blinded to the positive side of things. At least I am. I know a lot of other people are in the same way. You know, you get like a, a one-star review. You see it on these groups all the time. Oh my gosh, I got my first one-star review. What do I do? How do I respond to this? I've started letting a lot of that stuff go. I, we've got like one one-star review and I did a little response, but I was just like, you know what? It's about all I can do. You know, I'm not going to stress about it. We've got like 200 something other five stars. That's true, man. That's true. I like that. You start thinking of the positive. They say you have the power to find meaning and joy even in the worst circumstances. So... I guess you kind of have to like really, really think about that, right? And look through it instead of going down the train of thought of the negative thinking, which leads me to like one, what I want to ask you, you mentioned like, man, we're killing it and everything like that. How are you guys killing it? Like how, how's production and collection looking like in your business compared to before? What's been some of the speed bumps I want to say? Well, I guess I don't know about speed bumps. I will say this every time I've like added capacity. And what I mean by that is like adding a chair. And honestly, what it really comes down to is adding a, a hygienist. Every time I've hired a hygienist, you see a, just a giant boost in production. And that's something I've, maybe my mindset has changed a little bit, you know, working with like a practice coach for a period of time. At one point, he's like, dude, just go ahead and like 
bring on your second hygienist, bring them on full time, just go for it. Like it'll fill up like the new patient numbers are there. The marketing is good. You add that. And at first their schedule's not going to be busy, but it didn't take too long. And they started filling up and from there, doctor side fills up. So, I mean, as far as where we're at now, I would say since the beginning of the year, I would say our, our basic month would be like 100,000 collections. July, we had a week off and a lot of cancellations. I'm not really sure what was going on there, but we ended at like 80,000 for the month. But we're on track this year to do 1.4 million. Nice, man. Good. Yeah. So not and too that, bad for full second year open. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's like your whole, what was the practice coach you hired? I worked with uh, Paul Etchison, the Dental Practice Heroes uh, okay. podcast. Yeah. How was that? It was great, man. Is Well, he did a startup like, you know, a lot of us are doing, right? And he built that up over the years from like zero to, I think he, maybe he has like 11 operatories now, maybe even more um, in multiple docs in the practice. So I always liked his communication and I liked his podcast and his messaging. And it seemed to jive a lot with, you know, what a lot of my philosophies were. So just seeing somebody that's doing what I'm trying to do and they've already done it successfully, kind of just latched onto him and, and picked his brain a little bit. Really, we just kind of got on the phone once a month and I would bring up anything I was struggling with at the time and we'd just kind of talk about it. For me, it was always like, what's the next phase of growth? Like, what do I do next? And I talked about this just a minute ago where it was always ad hygiene and he worked with me through that and it always worked out really well. And then the second thing was, and this goes back to even kind of the mental health stuff we were talking about and finding more balance in, in my life and wearing all the hats. I have a friend who now works for me one day a week. So he comes in on Wednesdays and I turn that into my admin day essentially. So I come in and I GSD Wednesdays, I get shit done. Anything that's not related to, you know, direct patient care. So I see patients Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, he comes in Wednesday, I do my admin stuff. And then, you know, Thursday afternoon, weekend has started for me. So that's kind of the balance that I found in my life that, that I need. Yeah. Open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, th four days a week. Yeah. So when I was talking to the coach, um, I was talking to him about how, uh, you know, having an associate as a goal of mine and I might start my friend one day a week, eventually he's like, why don't you just do it now? And kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit. And I was like, now, I was like, I don't think I'm ready now, but just kind of trusting the systems, taking that leap and it's worked out. So he started like early January and I mean, it took not too long to just throw new patients in Wednesdays and get him some treatment going. And it's worked out really well. That's good, man. When did you start breaking even then from day of opening till right now? Like what month, what? Uh, well, for us, so I opened in June 2020 with one employee and she was cross-trained front and back. And a lot of my patients were friends, family, all that stuff. So after the first month, I kind of hit all my basic expenses just between me and her. At that point in my mind, I was like, just hire a hygienist and hire an assist. So I did that a month later after opening. And then after that, things kind of took off once I had the hygienist uh, in place. So after like month two, we were past break even, I would say. That's when you already started paying yourself. I probably didn't pay myself right away because I've always just really invested the money back into the practice. And I really still am for the most part. I mean, I still pay myself pretty good now, but I probably worked my associate job until May, April or May, 2021. So still for like six-ish to eight-ish months, I was working part-time and just putting most of our profits back into the, into the office. Would you say that's like, because you know how you hear two sides of that. Some people say like, hey man, don't quit your associateship. You, you need some type of income. And some people are like, now nah, you got to go all in. Go all in or nothing. What would you recommend? 
That's a hard question to answer. I think just because it's so personal, it depends on, you know, what your personal financial situation looks like. And then also, you know, how much do you trust, you know, that your office is going to carry forward, you know, if you go all in. For me, I had the stability of my wife's income kind of keeping our house stable. I had a good amount of savings, but I still wanted to make extra money at the time. And I also wanted to be fair to my employers and give them plenty of time to find a replacement for me. So I did kind of work through that with them. And I didn't have to stay that long, but maybe as a goodwill kind of thing I did. And it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of extra money in the meantime. I would say as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable, get into your own office full time. Gotcha. Hey, so your wife doesn't, why did I think your wife was working in the practice with you? She doesn't? Does not. Right now is she, what does she do? So she is a stay at home mom is really what she is. But the way our situation kind of has worked out, sad, but she lost her father in a work accident when she was like six. Um, So there was a large settlement with that. So her and her mom, I think, essentially they get like monthly checks for the rest of their lives. So that it really covers like our basic living expenses. So fortunate for us, but you know, sad the way it kind of came about. Yeah, no, 100%. Okay, okay, I got you. So then throughout this time, and I kind of want to eventually come back to this mental health thing because that's, uh, that's super important, right? And we probably will probably trickle it in here and there throughout this conversation. But what have been some things that have been over-exaggerated from when you were going to do your startup you're like, oh my God, I got to think about it. I got to start doing that. Now you're on year two. You're like, why was I stressing that? What, who posted that? That didn't even matter anymore. Whatever they were talking about. You know what I mean? Like, what are some things to look out for where it's worth mentioning? I don't know if I can come up with anything like really specific, but I do know just looking back, planning the office out and like every single decision you made in planning the office seems so huge at the time. Maybe the exception of that is like floor plan. Obviously, I think that is like a huge piece of it and getting enough chairs in your office. But even like the light fixtures in the patient lounge, like on the sit, like looking back, like nobody really sees it. <laughs> Nobody's like looking up at the ceiling, but um, it's just stupid shit like that to me. Uh, stupid things. I know some people like overthink like, oh my gosh, I got to get the best chairs. I got to do, I got to get, I don't know this coach to start out with, I got to get all insurances or they're like, I just want to go fee for sure. You know what I mean? You see all these things where it's almost a little bit like scare tactics. I want to say, um, to be like, you need to do this. You need to make sure you're doing this. But now that you're open, you're like, it's not, no, man, that's a good one. The light fixtures. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the chairs are, are, I mean, you need good chairs, but like they all move up and down and back. Right. So my basic, um, advice for anybody thinking to do a startup to take breakaway man and just listen to the philosophies there now i don't get cheap on everything but i got nice looking chairs you know that function well i went with like forest as, as opposed to like a deck where you probably pay twice as much but everybody says wow a deck will last like forever but it's forest is lasting a long time for me as well i mean it's only been two years i guess but but they have a good track record gotcha gotcha okay marketing and advertising what are you doing right now as opposed to before I mean, I started off, you know, just trying a lot of different things, seeing what worked. One thing I tried that I stopped doing pretty quickly was some radio ads. It's very expensive um, and it really didn't directly bring in a decent amount of patience. So my focus now is digital ads. We do Google, pay-per-click. We do Facebook and Instagram targeted ads. I still do mailers. I do it every month. I've been doing it since we opened and those do pretty well, at least for, for us and 
art area. The biggest component, I think, I'm in a pretty saturated area, but we stick out a lot because I built a brand. And that really started with me on a call with uh, Joshua Scott back in uh, 2018, I believe, way before we even opened and kind of developing that side of it. And that's been huge, I think. What do you mean? Talk to me a little bit more about that, like building the brand. Because I, I see your logo, you know what I mean? I'm not even in St. Louis or anything like that. And I see your logo. Oh, uh, it's everywhere. So Studio 88. Here's a golf ball. <laughs> this is a marketing expense now. I lose so many of these. I just buy them with my marketing expense. I don't know if you could see it, but yeah, yeah. on it and the logo. So did, are they the ones who made your logo too? Yeah. So really what happened was I got on a call, you know, with Josh and um, it was more of a conversation about like, what's your vision, you know? And for me, I know for a lot of us, we have the same vision because we're in this group and we're all like similar minded where we want modern. We want, we really want to change the dental experience for patients. We want to make it positive. We don't want it to be a typical dental office. So we have that mindset in the groups that we're in, but you know, across the country, probably 90 something percent of offices aren't that way. 90% of dentists are thinking the way we are. So it sounds maybe overplayed because we're all saying the same thing, but I, I got on the phone with Josh. I kind of told him my vision of that. And we did the brand creation process, which is like a little workbook. They sent me with some questions and stuff. And I filled that out with all the certain types of things that I was looking for with a logo and a brand and a messaging. And they came with some options and they nailed it. Honestly, that's simply put, I wanted clean, simple and modern. And I think they nailed it, man. And uh, we built based on that. And the website sticks out a lot. We get a lot of compliments on the website, especially, you know, a year after we opened or so, I added video content to the website. I had them come out a couple of times and do content for us. Um, They do a really good job. Yeah. Building that brand, man, is like in your community is pretty huge, right? Like first steps, right? I would want to say like, that's one of the main things you want to do. Yeah. It's very recognizable too. I just, I still think it's early for it. Like uh, we're only two years in. I think this brand play, five years, seven years, 10 years, like I think we are just going to be the premier office probably in all of St. Louis. That's going to be nice, man. How much, if you don't mind me asking, was all that? Like the website, the photos, everything like that? Or give me a range. I'll ballpark it for starting up with all of it. I want to say like, 24,000, but we split that up over time. You know, it, like they gave me like 24 months to pay it. Like a payment plan. Yeah, payment plan, no interest or anything like that. Because I know some people like say, you hear, you see this all the time, right? Like, oh, just make your own website. I just go to 99 cents or 99 designs, right? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, is personal, right? I don't, I hesitate giving people like um, generalized advice like that because if you're opening in a place where your dentist to population ratio is like 10,000 to one, you probably don't need to brand like I did and spend as much money as I did on a website. Could you probably DIY it? Yeah, if you're like in rural town and you're the only dentist around, <laughs> that's where people are gonna go. Even if you don't have a website, probably. But for me in my situation, there's, if you drive three miles down the street, you'll pass like ten, at least 10 offices. So I told them on the phone when we first talked to each other, I was like, I need to stick out. I need the website to be different than everybody else around here. And uh, well, here we are. <laughs> You're like, how many patients are you getting a month? It's a good question. Um, our average, so we've been averaging this year probably about 60 patients a month um, this calendar year. Okay, that's pretty good. 
June, June of this year, we did 77. So pretty good numbers um, overall. And some of it, I think, still work like kind of bottlenecks from, for capacity. I'm on the verge of, you know, probably hiring a, another hygienist, but I'm waiting for the chair. I don't know if you've heard, but equipment takes forever to get right now. Yeah, yeah. So I ordered it months ago and it's still not here. But as soon as we get that, I'll probably get um, a third hygienist going. And then and the third one, man, how many team members do you have? I only have five. So two huh. hygienists, two assistants, and one front office. Yeah, so maybe the next move will be a third hygienist. And I'm hoping that will lead into getting my associate on full-time sometime next year. Gotcha. Who are you using for mailers right now? You know Gargle. You yeah. uh, talk with them, right? I work with Gargle. And the postcards are from, I think, gentlemarketing.net. Gargle has changed recently a couple of times. I don't really know. It's hard to follow what's going on there, but I don't know if they're still affiliated or not. But the postcards come from dentalmarketing.net. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so you, at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's who you're utilizing. Interesting, man. Okay, so then what's been like super, I guess not super, but what's been very hard to manage throughout this time? Has it been the people, the employees, your emotions with the patients at home? What do you feel? Employees has been the easy part for me. I've been very, very lucky. I don't have to do any micromanaging. You know, I have a full group of like self-starters, you know, I kind of give them a lot of control on some of the things as well in their specific departments. And I, most of the time it works out well. And if it's not working well, we just kind of have a conversation and maybe work on ways to switch it up a little bit and make it better. But yeah, patient management, I've been getting into some more, you know, complex dentistry. I do a good amount of like cosmetics. Um, starting to do a little bit more like full mouth stuff mm-hmm. and working on implementing more all in four types of cases. I don't do the surgery. I have a really good friend of mine who's a neural surgeon, but even restoratively, a lot of these things just come with their own set of challenges. And I mean, you've probably heard of like the zone of like proximal development, right? Like mm-hmm. just kind of stepping just outside of your comfort zone, which at the time is like stressful doing something new. But as soon as you do two, three something cases, you know, it starts feeling normal to you. So. I like feeling confident in what I'm doing. So doing things that I'm not totally confident at yet um, are very stressful for me. But uh, I just know once I get my hands on it, I do it. um, It becomes kind of like second nature over time. What will help you, man, to make confident? Don't don't you have to like in order to be confident in it? Like kind of a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I've been taking, you know, a CE, a lot of CE and things like that too. And you know, learning it from somebody is one thing, but even if you know all the possible complications and you learn how to deal with all those complications, it's a different thing to actually encounter them in real life and have to do them. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. more... You got to do it. It's more like, let's just say you got, you went to CE, took all the courses, went through all the worst case scenarios, but then when it's, you market it and you're like going to do it and the first patient comes in, that's when you're like, holy crap, everything is... Yeah, you're a little nervous, but <laughs> you get that down, man. Like two, three patients later, it's like nothing, right? It's like a piece of kit. Oh, that's why they call it a dental practice, right? You're kind of always practicing and always improving. Yeah. What's that case for you right now? Like, where is it where you're like, oh, man, I just want to cross this little threshold so I can start doing more of it? Yeah. So as far as kind of like our next practice phase, you know, growth wise, we're really focusing on our Invisalign in our office. And then we're, I'm also trying to implement a lot more full arch like implant cases. Again, I don't do the surgery, but you know, marketing for that and working closely with my friend who's an oral surgeon, 
that's kind of another piece that we're trying to implement right now. So pretty soon we're going to start direct marketing for it. I have one case in particular now, uh, upper and lower all in four. And this guy, just very, very difficult case. I think just we're in the planning phase and it's already difficult because he has so much super eruption of his teeth. Mm. Um, he's got a pretty mobile lip. You can see pretty high. So I'm not sure if we're going to have enough, you know, the ability to do a, enough bone reduction to hide that transition line. So um, we might have to come up with another option for him. But um, yeah, that kind of sticks out of my mind right now because I was dealing with that uh, today on the phone with the lab. Uh, okay. Stuff like that. Is that what's kind of like also stressing you out where you're like, oh my gosh, what, why am I doing this? Or Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, man, where it's like, I can't sit still. I can't like, I'm never complacent, right? I'm always wanting to do something new and grow and all that stuff, but also doing these new things. Um, you know, opening an office is one thing because it's me. When you're doing these types of large case treatment for these patients, it's you're delivering the case, but you're working on somebody who's paying a lot of money who has to live with this in their mouth for essentially the rest of their life, right? So that's where my anxiety comes from and stuff like this is being responsible for them and not wanting to let them down or disappoint them in any way. I want them to be super happy with the results and I want everything to go perfectly. But you know, in cases this complex, things can and do go wrong. So kind of setting that expectations out front with the patients, you know, having the conversations about what things can go wrong the case we were just talking about, I mean, I had to tell the guy, you know, sometimes these implants don't integrate properly when you're doing the surgery and maybe we don't have the ability to screw retain a temporary day of surgery, you know, and you might have to go into like a traditional type of denture as we wait for these implants to fully integrate. You know, it's not, it's not something people want to hear when they're paying so much money for all in four, you know? Yeah. What did he say? I mean, it was kind of like, disappointed to hear that, but he understands, right? It comes down to how you have that conversation with them. He's a reasonable guy, really nice guy. So he kind of gets it. But at the same time, you know, I want to deliver and I want to do it well. And then uh, I want my surgeon to, you know, be able to get the implants in there. His case is a little special. He's got like an impacted canine that they're probably not gonna be able to extract. Stuff like that. Yeah, I can, I can totally see how that can be like, you know what I mean? Did you ever think about when your practice was open in the business side, like, man, only if I was just an associate again, like easy breezy. Now I'm doing this. Yeah, man, I have those days. <laughs> still, you still have them like today or? Oh yeah, dude. You know what they say, more money, more problems, but well, that's for real. It's so real, man. And you don't, so that's another piece of this mental health thing, right? And it's like, I've basically accomplished everything I ever thought I would and more. When I thought I was going to be a dentist, I was like, okay, maybe I'll go, you know, take over an old office and work four days a week, like my dentist did growing up. And, you know, maybe I'll make six figures or something like that. But now I see the ultimate potential. You see so many people doing way better than you all the time. So there's this constantly moving finish line. Like when you talk to Dr. Vallo, right. And he's like, oh, like his third practice, right. And they're doing like a million dollars in eight months. You're like, oh my God, why am I not there? Why am I not that well? I don't know. You're the, you're the I think third person who's brought that up today in an interview. With Andrew, but do you feel like you compare yourself a lot? Always. <sighs> Brandy, man. Why? I don't know, man. I think it's just natural. So when you're comparing, you feel like you're, I got to get there, even though that's not even your goal or that was never even your goal? 
it's not like I'm racing against anybody besides myself, but at the same time, I just know that the possibilities seem limitless at this point, right? So I've always thought in my mind, right? Like I'm gonna get to this place in life and then I'm gonna finally be just like content to just like chill out. So I was like, first phase of that was getting into dental school. So I got into dental school and then that came with its own stressors. And I was like, well, let me just get out of dental school and start working and I'll have a good income and I'll be good. Well, I did that. And then I was like, still just not satisfied. So I was like, you know what? I need my own office. Well, I did that. I opened it. And here we are two years later, we already surpassed like a million dollars in collections per year. And I'm still feeling like the same exact person I was two, three, four, five years ago. Yeah. No, it doesn't change the money. The success doesn't change you. So that's where I'm trying to reflect on my life a little bit and try to focus more on myself, you know, and, and finding happiness where I'm at, no matter how much money's coming in or how well the practice is doing. You know what I'm saying? Content. Trying to be content where, where you're at. I don't know, man. It kind of sounds like for you, it, you might have to go to the basics just like you did physically. You know what I mean? Like yeah. basics with, with life. Like, you know, is your family okay? Roof over your head, things like that, right? And be like, man, we're, bills are great. You know what I mean? Everything's paid. We're, we're content. But like, you know how some people have to reassure themselves that every day? Yeah. Man, sometimes you got to do it multiple times in the day. You know what I mean? Whenever you're going yeah. down that train of thought. Because I get you, man, where you're like, you never knew the potential that you have. And then you're, you're kind of going more and more. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't get to your extent because I feel like you really skyrocketed. And you, you know, I mean, five years from now, you're going to be like, oops, Michael, I, I accidentally did open my fifth practice. I don't know how this happened. What is happening, right? And, this, this and it may I, happen just because I get, I kind of get bored sometimes. But <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, another like comparison, like listening to like, you know, podcasts like uh, Mark Costa's podcast and some people in his group, you know, they're all running like 50% overhead. And I'm like, for me, I'm like, my overhead's so damn high. <laughs> but part of that is like, I'm in hyper growth mode still. I spend a lot of money on marketing. I'm not in a cheap location either. And I, I pay my staff well. I don't know. Even if I had 50% overhead, I just still don't feel like that would really change me as a person. Yeah. Are you trying to change you as a person? Yeah, I would say I've been on this like, I don't know, maybe the past eight, 12 months or so, like a, I don't know what you would call it, like self-discovery process, you know? That's why I started going to the therapist. Self-discovery and like being more aware of what you're doing or what? Yes, yeah. So maybe becoming more aware of the things that I'm feeling. And the things that I'm doing that lead me to those feelings or the things that I'm not doing as well, I guess. Throughout my life, I've always had this next step in front of me, this goal that I was trying to achieve. Again, it was getting to dental school, graduating dental school, getting a job, opening the office. And now I have this office open and it's doing well. And for the first time in my life, I'm living week to week and there's no progression to another thing. <laughs> so it's like, you got to find something new. And maybe it's not professional. It's not maybe like another office or something, but maybe I need to find for myself some type of tangible uh, goal in my personal life. Again, for me, that was also working with a health and nutrition coach for the past few months, just implementing tracking, you know, my macros and my eating and my goals being, you know, hitting 160 grams of protein a day. That's kind of my thing. Um, and if I'm tracking it, I'm doing my best to hit those numbers. And if I've, I'm a little short at the end of the day, I'll throw something else in there to hit that number. You know what I mean? Just having that accountability has really helped me because I always fall back into default mode, which is wake up, skip breakfast because I'm not hungry, 
and just kind of go through my day that way. But I think having some accountability like that is, has been huge for me. How shocked were you when you were like, oh my gosh, I'm go- way over my fats. Like my fats, I can easily go over those like nothing. Or, or did you never go over your fats and your macros? Oh, I'm sure like fats always kind of like, but that's the one I don't care about as much, right? For me, it's like I'm always too high in carbs, of course, or like uh-huh. uh, out enough protein. Because what I would do is I would just not eat until like lunch comes and like two o'clock. I'll go down the street to like Wendy's, get a Baconator, you know, and I feel like crap for like the rest of the afternoon. And I go home and I binge. And I'm like binging two big meals, you know, and it's like 200 something carbs. Like protein is like maybe 100 grams and like a, a ton of fat. You know, for me, that's not enough. It took a while, a couple or a few months to start feeling like it's actually working. So last week I had this kind of like, I want to call it like a light bulb moment or like an epiphany, like, hey, this actually is working. And I felt I could feel the physical difference finally, you know, from all that, all that work that I put in. Yeah. Body composition is changing. Yes. Oh man. Looking nice, looking better. Okay. Awesome. All right. One of the last questions I want to ask you is like throughout this time, what's been some of the best and worst companies that you've worked with? Best companies I've worked with. I, I mean, I'll shout out again, uh, Studio 88, Dark Horse, man. I love them. Maybe they're not the cheapest around, but like Ruben's a really good dude. And they came out and they installed everything and it's just, everything's been seamless, you know, since then. Worst companies? I can't say I really had any really bad experiences, honestly. The worst people that I've had to work with are just probably my landlords. (laughs) Really? Why? Yeah. There was some delay with the building going up and uh, it was kind of a gray area, like whose fault it was that we weren't quite open yet. And, uh, COVID kind of happened and um, I asked for like a little bit of an extension on my build out and they were like, eh, no, and we got a little thing over the phone, but I had to spend a little bit extra money on attorneys to have some conversations with them. I mean, since we opened, it's been fine. I just pay the rent checks and I think they're happy. Yeah. But um, I don't know if I mentioned this though either, but October, 2020. So it's like four months of being open, right? I had this like flood in my office, like in my lab, like a, uh, it was a model trimmer as the hose came out and just water went everywhere. So like middle of the night, 20,000 gallons, I think, of water and tens of thousands of dollars in uh, repair bills. So they weren't happy about that either. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's but what... It was all resolved and insurance sucks to work with too. Dude, that's a headache. That would have been a headache too where I'm like, man, if I was an associate, this would have never... I know. Yeah. You got to have insurance, man. But when you actually have to use it, they kind of suck to to work with and get it paid for. But we were lucky it didn't affect all of our office. So we were still operational. At the time, it was a big deal. Looking back, you know, we made it past. No big deal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, it's like, uh, what the heck is happening? Why are we doing this? But I get you. So no worse companies. There's never been a company where you're like, I only work with them for a month because you just didn't fit. No. Honestly, no. I think I I did my due diligence, man, um, on everybody that I worked with. I really counted on referrals, you know, from other people. I knew Ashley worked with Studio 88. I've seen their other work with other offices. Dark Horse is just a pretty popular choice across the startup world. So I never really took a shot in the dark on a company. That's good, man. That's good. So any last piece of advice you want to give to somebody who is probably in their startup phase or about to open up? Or thinking to open up? Yeah, just go. If you're thinking about it, go for it. Because if you don't, you may end up 
regretting that decision at some point. It can be challenging. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But in the end, it's really given me a lot of personal satisfaction, you know, to have a place that patients love to go to and that the staff likes working at and that I'm able to support them. It's a direct contrast from my first job out of school where the staff satisfaction was abysmal. There was so much turnover, you know, it was a high volume practice where you may not see the patients ever again. So, you know, we're big on forming the relationships with the patients and keeping on track uh, for every six months. You know, I'm big on the reappointment percentage. And if, you know, they fall off, we are contacting them to try to keep them on track. Aside from that, I also have the freedom to set my own hours, you know, working three clinical days, two years into it. I never really thought that would be possible. I am taking a hit like on my personal income from that, but money only gets you so far, right? Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Awesome. Brandon, if anyone has any questions besides finding you at the making of a dental startup retreat in Napa, where can they reach out to you? Well, they should all just go to Napa and hang out with us, I think. Yeah. Easiest way is probably social media. So my personal page is at prior DMD. P-R-I-O-R-D-M-D or my business page at 100 West Dental. Awesome, man. So that's all going to be in the show notes below. And also a discount code for the making of a dental startup retreat is going to be in the show notes below too, guys. So check that out. Come see us wear navy green, army green shirts so we can all... <laughs> that was a cool looking shirt, man. That's a cool looking shirt. I don't have one. I don't know why you haven't sent me one. Whatever. It's cool. Whatever. I got to find my DM shirt while I'm at it. I don't know where it went. It's okay. It's fine. No worries. Awesome. Awesome, guys. So, Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure. And sign is out. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, If you can, I really urge you to make it out to Napa with us. It's going to be a really good time. Yeah, guys. Go check that out. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. And Brandon, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, bud. We truly appreciate it. Guys, he's going to be at the Napa Retreat. I'm going to be at the Napa Retreat. Make sure you go in the show notes below. Get your ticket. Use the code TDM. Okay, TDM. Now, if you use that coupon code or discount code when you're going to purchase, you will see the biggest discount out there. (laughs) So Ashley hooked it up for me, right? For you guys. She hooked it up for the listeners of the Dental Marketer Podcast. If you are interested in going to the Napa Retreat, where we're going to have tons of uh, wonderful speakers. We're going to have Joshua Scott. We're going to have Katie Toe, Dr. Katie Toe. We're going to have Scott Luna, Dr. Scott Luna, on a whole separate day doing a mastermind session. A couple of hours. I I believe it's four or five hours of uh, startups. So, I mean, so much more is going to be, Vivek uh, Kenra is going to be speaking. It's going to be amazing. And if you have ever thought about doing a startup, if you're in the process of doing a startup, or maybe you already opened your startup, now's the time. This is it. This is the retreat that you've been wanting to go to. So go in the show notes below, click on that Napa retreat and uh, sign up guys, sign up, but use the coupon code TDM. Remember that. And you will see how much off or how much the price will drop. Uh, when you use that coupon code and you're welcome. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the Napa retreat. And also don't forget way you can support the podcast is by scrolling all the way to the very bottom and checking out our sponsors, whether you need dandy, which is a digital lab or a free scanner. They give you a free scanner, three trio scanner. 
um, or whether you need phone services with Mango Voice or whether you need a new practice management software that's cloud-based like CareStack, make sure you go in the show notes below. Click on them, schedule a free demo, check, call them, see what they're all about. Um, make sure you mention the Dental Marketer Podcast or just click use the links below in the show notes if you scroll all the way down. And if you do that, you're supporting the podcast and I truly appreciate that. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.